Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 558. I'm Christopher Jones, your host for tonight's program. Actually, I'm your host on most nights, actually, pretty much all of them. Uh, anyhow, and uh, we are uh, just finally got some winter here, and I know we always start off the show with talking about the weather, which is really stupid because we're a CFL group and we should be talking football, but it's finally going to get down to minus 30 tonight, and uh, we got a, you know, uh, eight inches to a foot of snow here, and uh, everything was wonderful and cool. Uh, Charles, you're trying to do this again? You're messing me up. Sorry. Okay. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll see what happens. I'm going to stick with what I'm doing right now for this week, and we'll see if it makes a difference for next next week. Anyhow, uh, what's going on? We're, we We took a month and a half off. It was wonderful. It was very blissful. I got to spend a lot of time with the grandkids, the family, and got a lot of work done. And, you know, it's not like the podcast takes a lot of our time out of each week, but it's just one of those things that's always over your head that you always have to do. And it just kind of, it was nice not to have to be committed to anything and uh, just to, to do what we needed to do. And I think we all needed that mental break. I, I know I did, and I, I know Will did. Will definitely did at the time, and uh, uh, we're back at it, so this is good. We're going to talk football. We're about a month away, a month and a couple days away from free agency. There's a lot of things that are going to come down the pipe. A lot of uh, coaching changes have happened. We're going to have a good show. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. We've got no games to review. We've got no games to preview, so we're just going to talk football for the next hour and 20 minutes, and uh, we'll go at it. Uh, Rudy is uh, being a push. And uh, so I got Charles and Will online here. So uh, uh, happy New Year! Welcome to the show, Charles. Good evening. Uh, thank you very much, and a happy New Year to you. From cold Abbotsford. How cold is it? And what's the weather like? Well, is it gonna snow? It's fine. Uh, well, they say if it snows, it might snow like two centimeters and stuff like that. Who knows if it's gonna snow? It's actually not terrible here right now. It's about, I think it's, what, two degrees outside right now, but they say the next couple of days we're going to go into, like, a deep breeze for two or three days, and it'll be, like, minus, with the wind chill factor, it's supposed to be, like, minus 20. So it's a good day to stay inside. Yeah, well, without the wind, it's minus 32 tonight. Um, but mm. that's not my case. I'm coming down tomorrow. I'm coming down to the coast. Tomorrow I have a funeral to go to. And I just wanted to know whether or not it's going to be a zoo. I can drive in any weather, but that doesn't mean everybody else can. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that uh, they're not calling for any major snow. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. My, uh, my, uncle, my uncle passed uh, a week ago or a week and a half ago now. Actually, it might be two weeks. It was right after Christmas. And uh, he was almost 97 years old. That's a good run. So, yes, it certainly anyhow, is. So, 
So we're we're having an internment for him tomorrow. So uh, we're going to find out what that means. I think it's just they slam him into a box and be seal the door and it's game over. So anyhow, that's kind of so I'm coming down to the coast tomorrow and I'm coming down to the coast on Monday and I'm coming down to the coast the next Saturday. My wife is leaving out of Abbotsford Airport to go to Ontario for a visit with some friends, horse friends, and then I got to go back and pick her up again. So like three, hmm. maybe four times in the next week, I got to go down there because I might have to go down to bring down a horse. So yeah, going up and down hmm. the Coquihalla cool. like a yo-yo. Yeah, apparently. It's one of those one of those things that just seems to happen. Anyhow, William. Mm-hmm. Yes, welcome sir. Welcome to the show, buddy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys as well. Um, you know what? It's, uh, we've had a fantastic, fantastic winter in Alberta, in Calgary. And yeah. yet yesterday, winter it hit. Yes, sir. Yeah. But it did and, right across uh, it, Canada, everywhere. Well, everywhere. yeah, I know. It snowed, it snowed yesterday, and it's minus 23 today. And I fucking hate it. Sorry. But I, I have to look at it differently. <laughs> Apparently it's supposed to be minus 40 in Edmonton tomorrow. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> go, yeah. elk, go. So, yeah, yeah, minus twenty, minus twenty-five tonight with a snowfall warning, and yeah. then I don't like winter. Thursday, I never liked winter. Thursday is minus thirty-three. Where's the snowfall warning? No, it's the I've never Alice. liked winter. Shit. I hate winter. So twenty centimeters of snow expected on the Coquihalla. I might be driving the canyon tomorrow. I'm not afraid of snow, but I'm just there's too many idiots. Is that is it better to drive the canyon than the Coquihalla? It doesn't snow. Oh, doesn't it? Oh, okay. No, it does It very yeah. rarely snows on the on the on the canyon. It, the canyon's it's a lot lower the same than the Coquihalla. Lower mainland. That's why. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, it's it's oh, pretty I much it's it's pretty much the. I mean, the top of the yeah. the canyon is 600 meters, which is basically merit. So yeah, no, there's there, it doesn't ever really get any more snow than what it does in the lower mainland. Uh, but it's you know it's a windy, rainy road that has rock slides and mud slides and and stupid people driving it. So so you get the people on the canyon who are afraid of the Coquihalla. Uh, Sign me up. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I would I would rather drive the Coquihalla, no problems, just boom, bang, go. It's a great road, and uh, but there are times where there are people who do not know how to drive it. I mean, it's coming true. up the Smasher, there's I mean, there's cha- trucks all over the place that won't chain up, and you, you you know if you've got any kind of momentum, you're doing okay, but if you, you lose the momentum, you're going to be stuck too. So mm-hmm. zigzagging in and out. Anyhow, let's talk some football here. Uh, let, Charles did a wonderful job building an agenda, and we're going to play with it and uh, see what we do and what we come up with right now. Touchdown Pacific is kicking off this year, and this is brand new. This is um, 
like we've had Touchdown Atlantic for a decade now, which is to me just, it's fine. I, I don't mind the Touchdown Atlantic. I don't mind a game in Halifax. Uh, I get the, the problem that I've always had with the Touchdown Atlantic is you one some team somewhere, and most of the time it's been all but one time I believe has been the Toronto Argonauts give up a home game. Now they don't get a lot of gate revenue to start with, and then to take one of their nine games away from them doesn't is never seemed fair to me. So I don't know whether the, the league has compensated them in some other fashion because of this, because even getting the gates from a, a, a stadium in Halifax or Monkford is, is ridiculous because, like, they're only putting 10,000 people into it. Mind you, sometimes that's more the crowd than what they have at BMO Field. I'm not going to bitch and cry about that, but they always give up one game. Now this brand-new thing that we're doing is Touchdown Pacific, which we're having a football game, a BC Lions home game, and it's going to be on Saturday, August 31st, and it's going to be at the Royal Athletic Park in Victoria, and the Ottawa Red Blacks are coming in to play the BC Lions. The Lions will be hosting a game in Victoria. Now, for them to give up a home game at BC Place and play in Victoria is their choice. They're doing this. They actually wanted to do this to bring more awareness of the BC Lions to the community of, the, of Vancouver Island. They're trying to create new fans and more fans and show them. Last year they started with this, um, I, I can't remember what the name of it was. It was something cool. But they, they have a bus and that comes off on the ferry from Victoria for every game, and they have an, a, a bus that comes out of the interior. Uh, Cam, both Kamloops and Kelowna, and they, it, you know, two different buses, and they come down to uh, BC Place to bring people from the interior and pe- people from Vancouver Island to come to the game. So, uh, Amar Doman seems to be making all the right moves into expand his his fan base, his customer base, mm-hmm. so to speak, and and just make the BC Lions successful. So I'm really excited about what uh, Amar Doman has been doing. And this Touchdown Pacific is his brainchild. I mean, he wanted to do this long time ago. I mean, he, he talked about this before he bought the Lions. And uh, so it's finally coming to fruition. Now, it's not an either-or with Touchdown Atlantic. There's no reason you can't still have a game in Halifax and have a game in Victoria. In fact, every team could have a game throughout the season somewhere else. If, if, if the Riders want to have a game in Saskatoon, so be it. If the Elks want to have a game in Fort McMurray and Stampeders in Red Deer or Left Bridge or wherever, I mean, it, there's no reason why this can't happen. Hamilton Tiger Cats could go play in Guelph or Windsor or London or somewhere, right? Uh, so it's not an either-or situation. It's, it, it isn't, they haven't given up on Halifax playing games there. They've definitely given up on Halifax and putting a franchise there, and they should have done that long ago. But I'm hoping they've given up on that concept. And this game in Victoria is in no way, in no way, shape, or form trying to create a football team on Vancouver Island 
for the CFO. Oh, That's not the goal of this. And anybody who even thinks it or suggests it is moronic. I'm so it's tired of not people suggesting going to happen. It, it was, it, I looked at it and I go, really? Are you fucking that stupid? And I, honestly, we can't say that in our group. We, we said that we're not allowed to call people names and stuff like that. But they, there are so many dumbass <laughs> people in this world. They walk among us and they're allowed to breed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyhow, is it I'm calling them a name if you it's guys true? Kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to call a bully a bully because he's being a bully, I don't think that that's really calling somebody bad. Uh, I, I think that when you um, criticize somebody's uh, mental capacity, I don't think that's allowed anymore. Fair enough. Okay. I, whether you call them moronic, imbeciles, idiots, um, stupid or whatever because it, it, all of those things fit most of these people but yeah we're not allowed to talk about their iq or their mental capacity or their ability to reason or just whether they're missing a chromosome that's okay uh, because it'd be a short conversation with some of these people anyways well i, I said that to somebody today i said it's impossible to have a battle of wits with an unarmed opponent and he didn't understand what i meant Proving your point. Proving my point. Yeah. Anyways. I, I, I almost called you into the conversation, Charles, just because I couldn't deal with the guy anymore. Okay. But anyhow, I didn't do that. Uh, I, if I brought Will in, he would have just deleted him. Yep. <laughs> I, like, I like Will. He's got that big delete button. Okay, so what's Sometimes your, what's your take on it? What's, what's your take I'm on a, this game in Victoria, Charles? I actually think it's a great idea. I mean, I'm surprised it's taken this long to actually do it. I know it's been yeah. fantasied about. Um, uh, it's good. You, you know, you get the Lions out uh, around the province. You just It's a way of growing the fan base. It's a way of – there are a lot of Lions fans on Vancouver Island, and a lot of them do come over for games uh, during the regular season to BC Place. It's nice for, to have one where they don't have to take a boat across to do it, I mean, so that's good. Well, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I wasn't all that thrilled when I found out that was part of my season ticket base, but then they're going to let me, because uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to on the ferry on Labor Day weekend. Sorry, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, no. But, uh, no, they're letting me cha- exchange uh, the cost of that for the playoff game, so I'm happy about that. So, But all in all, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a, a uh, I think it's a smart idea. I, I like this idea. So, no, I'm definitely in favor of yeah. it. And I hope uh, people in Victoria come out to uh, support it. I, I really don't want all the fans from Vancouver to go to Victoria to watch yeah. this game. No, this is a game for the Vancouver Island fans. Let them buy the tickets. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully they'll support it to the tune that they need to. I mean, that's just that the, one of the problems that Halifax had was – it was a regular home game for the Toronto Argonauts, so people did travel from Toronto to the game. It was usually yeah. they were hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and Rider fans thought this was a novelty. I mean, they're all over the Canada anyhow, so a whole pile of them shows up for this game. So in reality, the, the amount of people from Halifax that actually went to the game was small. 
there wasn't a lot of seats to start with, yeah. and, and then then having all these other people traveling into the city, great boon for the city, you know, all the tourist dollars mm-hmm. coming in. But that's not the purpose of doing this. This is to let fans in that area come and watch the game, and I hope that that's what happens in Victoria. That would be nice, and that, I, that's what I'd love to see Lions do a home fans. game in Portland. You know. I'd love to see a game in Portland or Spokane. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, it, it, it'd be so. It, it would be really cool. I mean, it good. For, it needs to happen for the league. William, what's your thoughts on this, buddy? Well, you know what? How many people what? live on Vancouver Island? Do you have an idea? Seven hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Um. If you treat it as a novelty, maybe these people don't get the opportunity to go to a football game, and they'd like to go to a football game. I know my aunt on Vic, aunt in Patty's aunt in Victoria. She's a huge uh, <coughs> Ryder fan. Um, she may on end purpose? up going to that. Yeah, she, she's from Saskatchewan originally. She may end up uh, going to that game, and she's. I think she's 87 years old now, but I think she'd go because she likes football. And she probably hasn't yeah. been to a live game for years. So if you look at it as a novelty and as promoting the CFL, it's a great idea. It's a great well, idea. And that's what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of fans – Lion fans. I mean, there's a lot of Lion fans in the lower mainland that don't go to the football games that stay at home and watch them on TV, okay? Yeah. Because it's far more convenient than driving into this big city. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. there's got to be a whole pile of Lion fans in Victoria who would go sure. to the games if they didn't have to drive on the ferry, take the ferry yeah. over. So I, I think that this – I'm hoping that this just takes off like wildfire – because I don't think anybody would be overly upset about having one game a year in Victoria. I mean, Who's yeah, there's only nine home games, and yes, you're going to do – what's that? Who's the opponent? Their opponent? Who are they playing? Uh, Ottawa, playing uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, okay. 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 So it's almost like a guaranteed win, too, so. Yeah. yeah and exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Ottawa is not the greatest draw here in Vancouver, but no. it will probably draw pretty well because it doesn't matter who the opponent is in Victoria. No, because you're watching the Lions play. Right, exactly. So I, the the stadium is going to be expanded to about fourteen thousand fans, including standing room. Right. So. That's not a full, you know, that's not a BC place capacity type of crowd. We're still getting well over 20,000, closer to 30,000 fans now for BC place. So, yeah, I'm a little torn on it. I I love the idea. I think it's a wonderful thing. And if it gets more exposure to the BC Lions, so be it. And that's what it is. More more exposure to the BC Lions, more exposure to the mm-hmm. CFL. And I'm happy yeah, for no, it. Yeah, I think so. it's good. 
What do you think, Will? Would would you? Uh, is there a city around Calgary that could uh, that you could do a touchdown stampede? William, come and talk to us. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot to unmute my mic. I said I don't think there is a possibility for that in Alberta because we have two teams. Okay. I know. Um, I know. And 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 I, I think uh, people. Well, and a perfect example was uh, what's his name that used to be on our podcast. Uh, oh my Chris. lord, what's his first name? Chris well, Luthella. Chris Lucella. Yeah, Chris. Okay, because he lived in Grand Prairie, and he used to go to Edmonton to football games. Okay, and yes, occasionally he'd come far. to Cal- Right, occasionally he'd come to Calgary. Okay, so mm-hmm. I-, I think we got it covered here. I-, I don't, you know, people in Red Deer. I I know lots of people who come to stamp games from Red Deer because from Red Deer to Calgary is an hour. Okay, which is nothing. Oh, is it? Okay. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. No. So, and and uh, Red Deer to Edmonton is an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. So, well, you could go down somewhere yeah, like so, Medicine Hat or something like that. Yeah, they could, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't think a Medicine Hat or a Lethbridge or places like that would have a field to play on, to be honest with you. Oh, well, fair what's enough. directly across the border from Alberta? Montana and what else? South Monta- North Dakota? Montana. 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 North Dakota. Uh, I mean, that's where away. Dave Dickinson went to school. That's where Travis Lulee went to school. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those universities probably have a stadium that would work, but I yeah. don't know if any Montanians would want to see a CFL game. I don't know what well, football. I think you'd be surprised. Well, I would assume that they're probably bigger fans of college football because they don't have a professional Like I said, you would be surprised at the amount of CFL fans that you've got within, you know, two, three hundred miles of the the border because, and, and, and this is getting on right now because cable's been around for so long, is that the old radio waves, when televisions were broadcast, we used to get the Seattle stations in Vancouver. Yeah. Right. So you would get the you would get Vancouver, Victoria, you still can. And, and two from Seattle. Yeah, but you get them on right. cable now. Oh yeah. Right. So, um, you know, these people grew up with with three channels, and one of them being CBZ which had right. CFL football on it at the time, right? Right, right. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, yeah, those uh, boomers and Gen X are getting old and everything else now, but uh, they're still there. I, I think it would still attract a crowd. And, and think about this not, thing in Montana. Even for the novelty yeah. of it all. And in Montana, uh, you got uh, Dave Dickinson, who's a, a college legend in Montana. Oh, yeah, That's right. yeah, 100%. You promote Dave Dickinson. Better do it before he gets fired. Ar, 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 ar. Okay. Let's move on from a touchdown Pacific, which we all agree is a good idea. I think it's a wonderful thing, and it's something – you know what? Let's try it. If it bombs, falls yeah. on the floor, 
then, you know, we don't do it again. If it's a success, the stadium's filled out, 14,000 people, maybe we do it again, you know? I mean, I mean, let, let's face it, you're only going to get 10,000 people for that Ottawa game anyways. So. No, bullshit. Vancouver is drawing a crowd now regardless of who's there. We had over 20,000 for Ottawa last year, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're coming to watch the Lions play football, and that's a good thing. It, it, it's, it's so much better when your crowd is coming to see the home team as opposed to your crowd is coming to see the away team. True that. Yep, I agree. You know, right? I, I would rather want to go to a Vancouver, or BC Lions, Ottawa Red Blacks game, knowing that everybody in the stands there are going to be BC Lions fans, <laughs> as opposed to going to a BC Lions and Saskatchewan Rough Rider game, and 25% of the fans are Rider fans. Well, well, you know what? If you guys are want to talk about having novelty games, I think maybe. Every team in the CFL, one game a year, should ban Ryder fans from the game. Okay, <laughs> that'd be that'd be really cool. It'd make including Regina. It would make national headlines, including Regina. Yeah, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> damn Ryder fans! They're just an empty stadium. Yep. Yep. So, William, William, I yep. love your logic, okay, uh, on a lot Absolutely. of different things. So, so what do you think of that guy that did the uh, the interview and said remove the goalposts from the NFL? If he was commissioner of the NFL, he'd remove the goalposts. Fuck this kicking I, shit. Fuck, I agree with him totally. You know that. <laughs> I never, I never it, ever thought of removing the goalposts though, but that would. That would make kickers obsolete, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be funny as hell. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, his logic was sound. Yes, it was. It, it made sense. I mean, actually, I, I saw something on the news recently, like as in the last 24 hours. They're, they're having the big uh, CFL coaches uh, annual meeting down in Nashville, which kind of freaks a lot of people out, but it's because there's also a uh, national football conference down there, uh, and, and they, this is just part of it. So they're all down there talking about all sorts of things to do with football, and one of the rule changes they're talking about is a way to limit or reduce the amount of kickoffs in a game, saying that kickoffs create more injuries than any, any other particular play. Mm-hmm. And they want to know how they can do that. And so it, it, the kickoff and the run back, um, they're trying to reduce the amount of kickoffs that they have in a game. Well, I don't know how you could do that unless you eliminate, just eliminate the kickoff after a field goal. Because you have to have a kickoff after a touchdown. Yeah. Or do you? Well, unless you I mean, according have to the Will, team start at like the twenty yard you line or something. Take the ball at the thirty-five. You, you don't need kicker at all. <laughs> well, you know what I well, think would be unique. Once again, this would make the kicking game very interesting. If you could only have one-legged kickers. <laughs> now, if a guy, if a guy can kick a thirty-five-year-old foot field goal with one leg, now that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Just say it. Yeah. Now we're talking about a, a Def Leppard drummer, aren't we? Um, well, or whatever. I I have this. We're we're going all over the place right now. Um, yes, we are. Full did you guys the watch the movie Top Gun Maverick, the new Tom Cruise Top Gun movie? Of course, the we recent have. one. Of course, we have. Yes. Yep. Well, I'm not saying that not everybody has liked it. Not everybody likes Top Gun. Not, I, not everybody would it. watch the movie 150 times like I have. Okay. Um, in there, did you hear what? See what they did? They played fighter fighter pilot football. Yes. Two I footballs. Your the yes. team is both on offense and defense at the same time. Yes. <laughs> what a novelty, eh? Absolutely. Dog, dogfight football or something? Well, I don't remember what it was called. I'll have to mm-hmm. pay attention to it. But uh, what a neat idea. It was interesting, that's for sure. So let's, let's, let's just go about the semantics of this for a second. We remove the goalposts. They're gone. Okay? Yep. I personally think that if we're going to do this, we just get rid of special teams completely because there's no reason for special teams. Let's reduce your your um, uh, roster by 30%, just, just get rid of it. So you have to go for it on third down no matter what, okay? That was always one of Will's things, okay? So you turn the ball over, you turn the ball over. You have to go for it on third down, okay? Um there's no uh, uh, so obviously there's no field goals because you have to go for it on third down. Uh, the rouge would be just eliminated, so that's kind of a little depressing on my part because I really like the rouge, but it would be gone. Um, so you, you, if you kick off the ball now, when you kick off the ball, the guy grabs it at the five yard or the ten yard or whatever else, and and they run it back. It usually they usually get stopped about the thirty five. Sometimes it's the 25, sometimes it's the 45. But usually the ball scrimmages for a first down at the 35. Do you agree with that? Yep. Yeah, that sounds so right. Give the ball, just give them the ball at the 35-yard line, and that's where we start. We don't need a kickoff. We don't need a kickoff return. We don't need any of that. So just, boom, give them the ball at the 35. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you, know, you keep your – Payroll at $5.65 million, and you get rid of a third of your players, now you're, you, you've now got money to pay your, your, your star players more money. We can now attract better players. I, mm-hmm. I know that the special teams is where people, you know, they, that's where they, they learn the game. That's where they play. That's where they, how they get better. <laughs> Uh, but so, some people never progress off of special teams. They're just there forever. And they're, they're great. Jason Araki, I mean, that's what he was. He was a special teamer. That's all he did. Set the league uh-huh. record in tackles on special teams. But, okay, so we've just eliminated this guy's job forever. We now don't – we don't have $300,000 kickers like Winnipeg had with – what's his nuts? Med, Medford. Medford? What was his name? 
Medlock. 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 Remember, yeah. Yeah. You know, two hundred forty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. They paid him or something. That's ridiculous. He's a fucking kicker. You see, I still don't understand the whole philosophy behind kicking. It is called football. Yeah, I understand okay? that, but 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 you know that you've heard that quote. I can't remember who it was. If you wanna. If you want to take over the island, you got to burn the boats, okay? Yep. So if yep. if you eliminated kicking, it would make Christopher the game Columbus, more exciting. By the way. Huh? What was that? Christopher Columbus, by the way. Okay. But if if you want to make the game more exciting, eliminate kicking, and then you have to score touchdowns. I don't understand why that's such a strange thought. I don't either. Well, I mean, because so many people that, that kicking's been the part of the game since really football started. So I think it's just people, they're afraid of change. They don't like change. They think if you change it, it's not going to be the same. And I bet you if you took kicking away within, you know, a month, no one would even think about it anymore. I, I, but I mean, it's I just mean, a su- it's just a suggestion now that they don't like change. They don't like it changed, I think. Okay, I, have you ever, I agree with you. Have you has a touched or has a field goal ever got you out of your seats? You know what I mean? Where well, I mean, whereas possibly, the game, yes, if it was like a last yes, last yes, play, yeah, yeah, but sure. But whereas, yes. uh, whereas Willie Pasaglia Pasag- won the Grey Cup against Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 I get that. I get that. But you're sitting in your seat. And you, there's a five-yard pass, and the guy goes 95 yards for a touchdown. Now, that's fucking exciting. Let's face it. Of course yeah, it is. 100% that, it is. And that gets you out of your seat every single time. Okay. So if we're going to eliminate special teams and kickers and everything like that, because I, 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 this is hypothetical and we're just bullshitting, right? Um, I, yeah. I don't see the rule committee taking any notes right now. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Me either. We cannot just change the name of the game from football. So I think there are still two plays that can be used, incorporated into the game. One is this dribble kick that Montreal has come off with the last couple of this last season, right? And the other one is a Doug Flutie drop kick. Okay, so these are plays that are, okay, you're on third down. And, you know, things aren't going that well, so the, the quarterback kicks the ball. Okay, it's not special teams. It's just, okay, that's what happens. So once he kicks the ball, then the other team, it, it's not an incomplete pass. It's a kick ball. So it's a, it's a fieldable ball mm-hmm. by defense. So I, I think those two things, you can still have kicking in the game. You just don't have a kicker. Does that make sense? I'm sure it does. It does to me. Right? So you can have a dribble kick or you can have a, a, a drop pa- a drop punt, drop kick. It's kind of the same thing that they do in rugby. Get back to our roots. Can you imagine trying to suggest this on the group? 
the amount of people that lose their fucking mind. Oh, God, people would be calling you a Canadian hater and go watch the NFL. You just want to be an American. There's so many people that take this stuff way too personally, and I don't get it. And if you even try to suggest a, uh, you know, some sort of something a little different, you're a hater, and it's stupid. And that's why I get tired of getting into arguments with people, because quite frankly, it's getting to the point where I, I don't care what their opinion is. No, no, especially when it's that stupid and moronic. Um, if, if people could open their mind and, li- and look at the possibilities. I mean, we sat here. I, 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 I'm under no illusions that the CFL is going to get rid of special teams. It's not going to happen, okay? It, it, it's, it's not even going to be a suggestion. Yeah. But if, you, if we went into this conversation with a closed mind, we couldn't have had this conversation. Mm-hmm. But we did because it, it, you go, and okay, it's, and it's, what's the pro, and pros and cons? Sorry, and it's our show and we can talk about anything we want to. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. 100%. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to have fun with a couple things. There's something that somebody pointed out to me yesterday, and I said, I have to remember this for the podcast. So it's, it's actually really good. Well, we'll get to it in a bit because I don't want to talk about the bombers yet. Well, let's talk about the riders. Oh, and by the way, though, so before much. we get off this, if you're listening to this and you think we're wrong, you think we're haters and we hate the Americans, here's a solution. Turn it off and go do something else. No, I, 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 just listen. Create a, open your mind. I, I want you to think about the possibilities. Maybe what we've come up with is wrong. Maybe you can come up with something better. Come up with some form of change. I, I will listen to whatever you want to tell me, okay? If you have an idea to make this game better, throw it out there. Create a post, and I will defend it. I, I will defend your right to be wrong. Because <laughs> it's fun. It's, it, 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 it creates thought. And that's the problem is people don't think anymore. They have closed minds. Okay, can we go, go on to the riders now? Because sure. I haven't trashed the riders in a long time. Sure. So the riders fired their head coach. I, I was totally shocked and surprised by the fact that they did this. I, Liar. Craig Dickinson, he was the man. He was wink, the man. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yes, the sarcasm was very thick there. Um, you the could say that, yeah. He, he just, he just <laughs> absolutely destroyed that team in like four years. Um, so that's cool. That's wonderful that he's gone. So now they're looking for a head coach. And nobody seemed to really want the job. And so they ended up with Corey Mace. Now, Corey Mace was the defensive coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. So he was the defensive coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts. So they hired Corey Mace, and it came down to Corey Mace and Scott Milanovic. So the next article says Scott Milanovic got pretty far down the line. Well, 
the truth of the matter was Scott Milanovic was going to be the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Everybody knew it. This was no secret. But he was off humoring the riders and, and, and creating a stir in Ryderville. Uh, it was kind of funny, actually. But the, the reason why they didn't offer the position to Scott Milanovic, which I thought was, would have been funny because for offer the job and then him say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be head coach in Hamilton, um, was that he wasn't prepared to spend the off seasons in Regina. That was a requirement of the job. Okay. You have to stay there and put on the dog and pony show in the off season. So you're not just the head coach. You're also the chief cook and bottle washer. You're also the promotions department, marketing department, and, and fanfare. Okay, you can't just wear the head coach hat. You have to be the clown as well. Um, I'm not taking the Corey job that Mace, makes me live yeah. in Saskatchewan in the winter. Forget it. So Corey Mace actually bought a house in Regina and moved his family there. So he's committed to Regina for the long haul. Hmm. Let's just hope the riders are committed to Corey Mace hmm. for the long haul. Okay? Because otherwise, it, you know, that just sucks for him. But that seemed to have been a big bone of contention for the rider organization and the fan base with Chris Jones. Because come the end of the season, Jones was out of town. He was gone. Okay? He's not sticking around. That's not his home. And, yeah, funny, I, I know a lot of people don't, winter, don't I'm like going Chris. and I'll be – yeah. I was just going to say, it'd be funny yeah. if Corey Mace at the end of the season said, oh, I'm going to go on vacation, and he just doesn't come back till May. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just uh, decided to. Yeah, I, I got a condo in Hawaii I'm going to go stay in for the winter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so, I'm still, you know, I'll he, be back. He's, he's already there. He's already doing promotions in the mall, the mall, and uh, a, a few other things. You know, he, I, I think mm-hmm. they did a car wash. And a bunch of other things. So, you know, geez, I don't know why. It, it just is so hick. It's so hick. Um, but that's why Scott Milanovic wasn't the number one target here. It, because he refused He refused to, to, to stay in the off season in Regina. But we all know that he was, he was destined for Hamilton and that – that's a good thing for Hamilton. It's a good thing for the CFL. I'm really happy that he's there doing this. And hopefully Orlando Steinauer will give him the uh, – with, with, with no interference. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So uh, what's your thoughts there, William, on Corey Mace as the new head coach of the Riders? Uh, you, well, Corey Mace came out of Calgary. Yeah, he was a long time. He was a long time assistant here, and but he was the defensive line coach. And then, and then Ryan Dinwiddie grabbed him because they had friends in common because they coached together. And he was the defensive yeah. line coach in Toronto for a while, and then he was the defensive coordinator last year. And now he's the head coach. Right. I I think it's too now fast. Now he's the head coach in Regina. And but he did do something that I was very happy about. He immediately he immediately hired 
Calgary's offensive coordinator. Thank you, God. Who is 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 Calgary Calgary's defensive coordinator was Ron Lancaster's grandson, I do believe. Okay. And so he brought him in there right away because you know what, Ron Lancaster was. And he's a horrible offensive coordinator, so I'm glad Calgary. I'm glad Saskatchewan took him. And yeah, Peter Patter. Um, you know what? Corey Mace has been a longtime CFL assistant. Good, good on him to get a head coaching job. Is he going to go the way of uh, who was that coach in BC? Who was which one? The defensive, co- the defensive coordinator out of Calgary. What was his name? The crooked hat guy. Devon Claybrooks? Devon Claybrooks. Yeah. Okay. And look how that worked out. So, um, yeah. just saying. I, You know, CFL teams and CFL fans need to learn to relax. They cannot expect miracles right away. Corey no, Mace can't. is not a head coach. He's never got, he's got no experience as a head coach. He's going to have to learn this position, and he's going to yep. have to learn this position with a team that was one of the worst teams in the CFL last year. And they will be just as bad this year. I guarantee it. And, and they will this year. Okay. So how do you – you can't expect miracles. It took five years before – Mike O'Shea started to show some success in Winnipeg. Even in the fifth year, people were talking about having him fired, and then they ended up winning the Grey Cup that year. Yep. Okay. So, and it's the same thing in Edmonton right now. Chris Jones is there. I know, I know, I, I know I may be the only one that believes this, but I think Chris Jones is probably the best coach in the CFL. And, He's the best turnaround artist. He is, he's created two teams from nothing. And he's working on his third. Edmonton was such a mess when he took over. I, 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 I'm surprised if, he, if he's doing as well as he is right now. And yet everybody's talking about, oh, he should be fired, he should be fired. The team's not getting better. It was a 4-14 and 14 season or 6-6. and six and 12 or whatever they ended up with. Um, and I agree with them, but you have to give the guy the chance to make it, make the team better. And he's got a four year contract with guaranteed money in it. And that's why they did that is because they have to have some consistency at that position before you can show some results. And it doesn't happen in the first or second year. At the end of year four, if they're at four and 14, I'll say fire the guy. But if they've made the playoffs this year and they're a respectable team, you have to renew Chris Jones' contract until you win a great cup. Because he's going to do it. So Corey Um, Mace cannot be there for one year or two years. He has to be there for four. Otherwise, well, there's no fi- consistency. It's a, you, can, you keep just firing head coaches. It doesn't make sense. He signed a. He signed but a teams do it all the time. So let's see. Yeah, they do. They do. They. And, that, and that's the sad thing is they. People don't understand this. You really cannot. You need consistency. You've got a B 
build a team from scratch up again and just Winnipeg gave you the blueprint. They showed you how to do it with Michael Shea. They, this team was junk, was absolutely junk. They hired a rookie president. They had a rookie general manager. They had a rookie head coach, and they had a rookie quarterback. They got rid of the quarterback. Did they really but, only sign him to a two-year deal? Yep. Yeah, of course they did. Talk about putting a gun to your head right from the beginning. Yeah. Well, but that that has everything to do with that fucking management job. Okay. Craig Reynolds. He's an idiot. Right. Well. Yeah. So. I, the, the guy the guy thinks nothing but himself. Mm-hmm. I I don't like him. I hate him. Let's let's call it a spade a spade here. Well, we can't do that. We can't say that. That's that's not that's not a good way of. To... Okay, moving on really quickly. Uh, so Scott Milanovic is now the head coach of the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Are we good with that? That, yeah, that actually wasn't part of this. It makes a ton of sense. It does, but I keep on What's hearing rumors that I keep on hearing rumors that Levi Mitchell is going to be their starting quarterback. Oh, it's not mm. a rumor. It's not a rumor. That's he a, has renegotiated his contract. That's he took coming 50% up later. Of the money. Oh, yep. is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's. It... <coughs> uh, yeah, I, I. That's definitely. I. Yeah, I. I don't know. I. 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 I'll wait till that comes up because I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. No. N- none of us can. Um, so moving on, the, the Montreal Alouettes won the Grey Cup this year, or last year, or whatever it was, the previous season. And uh, they've gone off and added 700 season ticket holders already. Now, to me, that doesn't sound like a lot of, a lot of growth. No. True, but better go- – now, I should point out, though, these some of these articles are older articles because what I was doing while we were break, when I saw an article, I just put it on the list. So this article, I think, is actually right out like the week or so after the Grey Cup. So. Yeah, it was November 29th. Yes. So okay. it's probably so, that they could have added more, but that, that was a week later. Yeah. And, and any form of growth, I don't care how small it is, is a is good for this league. It is a lot better than being regressive. I mean, I remember when the Toronto Argonauts won the Grey Cup back in, what was it, uh, 2012? Um, They won Mm -hmm. the Grey Cup at home. Their fan base, their season ticket fan base actually went down. It declined. It declined. Uh, I'm not under, I I do not understand how that is possible, but uh, it did. You know, and and I know we've talked about this before, but but right after the Grey Cup, but and 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 I got a big shout out to Rudy 2.0 because if you guys remember last year, he fucking went on and on and on to the point it was disgusting about how much trouble Montreal was in. Okay, 
and because at the time they didn't have an owner, they were on, they were for sale. Look what happened, man. That's the neatest thing about the CFL. You can have a miracle year in one year, and it, it I was. And I think 700 season yep. tickets after the first week is incredible. There's yep. nothing. Without question, it is. There's nothing that will get seats in the fan, in the in asses in the chairs than winning football, unless you live in Calgary. Okay. <laughs> so this team was beyond a, a train wreck. I mean, it was a yep. tire fire of Kuwaiti proportions, yep. right? I mean, they didn't have an owner. The, the league had taken them over. They went into free agency. The general manager, Danny Machocha, did not have the authority to sign free agents. They lost a lot of their key people. And then they had to go and take a quarterback that nobody else wanted. And they ended up with, they finally got an owner. He started to make some of the right moves. They got in a decent coach. In my opinion, Jason Moss is a good coach. And they caught lightning in a bottle. Because they they really sucked way past Labor Day. I mean, I believe, I think I said, I don't think they're going to win another game this year. And then they they literally won out the season. Yep. Including the playoffs and Grey Cup. So, like, good on them. They they, they, they sure showed us. And for me, and for me, the best part about the whole season is they beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, where a certain member of this panel was so high on and how Montreal was shit. And look what happened. Okay, I'm, I'm, this, this is going to be the point in time where I bring in this thing. So yesterday, I was, it was pointed out to me by a Ticats fan. We were talking about Montreal winning the Grey Cup. And, or, or talking about, somebody was mouthing off about how wonderful Winnipeg is and how, what a city of champions they are and, and how strong a football club they are. And the fact is... They haven't won the, the Grey Cup the last two years, so they're, they're really not that powerful of a team at all. But then they point out, well, it's all about the wins in the regular season. And I go, well, ask Brian Dinwiddie how important those regular season wins are because uh, Toronto didn't seem to do so well with it. Anyhow, beside the point, what he pointed out was that it doesn't take much to win the Eastern Division. The Tiger Cats went to the Grey Cup back-to-back years, and Winnipeg beat them. He was trying to say that the Winnipeg or the Hamilton Tiger Cat team, although they were the best in the East, were a shit team. And that is the only way that Winnipeg could have won the Grey Cup. Because once Winnipeg actually played a half-decent, mediocre, above-par team, like the Toronto Argonauts and the Montreal Alouettes, they lost. So Winnipeg is not that powerful of a team. They just beat the team that has the longest CFL Grey Cup drought currently, 
which is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hamilton Tiger Cats are a terrible, terrible team, and that is the only reason why Winnipeg won the Grey Cup two years in a row. Your thoughts, William? Well, um... It's got merit. The argument has merit. Sure it does. But, uh... I mean, you got to give Winnipeg full credit for those wins in the Grey Cup because it doesn't matter what team you play. And mm-hmm. they have come from a dumpster fire to a, a good organization. You can't deny 100%. that. Nope. Okay. But as because I've been living in Calgary all these years, I understand all about it doesn't matter what you do with the regular season. All you got to do is make the playoffs, okay? And it seems Ottawa a few years ago, right? It seems until we fix this 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 thing, there's always going to be a shitty team in the. Well, I mean, you can look at the East and the West this year. There's always going to be a shitty team in the playoffs, and that's too bad. But that's the way it works out. But sometimes. In the past, there's been great teams that haven't made the playoffs because the other teams are too good. So, yeah, it's neither here nor there. But, yeah, Hamilton, but if you think about it, Winnipeg was the underdog in 2019. I had, I had no thoughts whatsoever about them beating Hamilton, but they fucking just destroyed Hamilton in that game. And, yeah, and no, I, I knew they were going to do that. I think it's something to do with the Hamilton organization. And maybe by bringing new blood in like Milanovic, it'll change. But who knows? Who knows? Well, I I think the problem in – and I get a lot of shit when I suggest this. I think the problem in Hamilton is ownership. Yeah. Now – I, I like Bob Young. Uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful man. He's done n- nothing but kindness to the Hamilton Tiger Cat organization and the fan base. But he's too loyal. He's not ruthless. And you need to be. And you have to say enough of this bullshit. I want a winning team. And if you can't give me a winning team, you're fired. And I was really hoping that last year, the year before, when he sold off 45% of the team or something like that, that he was going to put somebody else in as the figurehead. Somebody else was going to take control of the team. But it didn't. And, and Mr. Rogers is still running the organization. Yep. With his cardigan on. Mm-hmm. Right, and you you need somebody in there that's going to turn around and say, "I'm not putting up with this bullshit anymore." I mean, the Hamilton fans deserve that. Yeah. I mean, they are supporting a losing organization for decades. They haven't won a game in this this century. So. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I really think that the problem in Hamilton starts at the very top. And you need to go in there and you need to remove 
Bob Young. Bob Young needs to step back. He doesn't have to sell the team. He just needs to step back and put somebody in, in, in there that is going to demand results. And the same thing can be said in Regina. Yes, a community-owned team, but if they're not doing their job, get rid of the board of directors and get pe- people in there who will run the team efficiently. Which would get rid of Craig Reynolds and get rid of Jeremy O'Day and get rid of the clean the whole fucking house. Winnipeg did it. They brought in rookie president, rookie GM, rookie head coach, and yeah, it took them four five years to turn it around. But that's what they needed to do. They needed to get rid of the garbage. You can't keep doing the same shit over and over again and expect different results. Nope. And the same thing over and over again is considered firing the head coach. Let's fire the head coach. Let's fire the head coach. Let's fire the head Obviously, that's not the problem. No. It goes beyond the rot. Mm-hmm. You've got to get the rot out. And if the entire log is rotten, throw it away and start over. Okay. I think we've done that. I, I, I like the concept on uh, Winnipeg, though. That, it's kind of interesting that the only reason they were beat, they, they won the Grey Cup is because they played the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Toothless Tigers. Yeah. But Hamilton still well, got there in the long run. They right. got there, but there was nobody else in the East that could have stood up to them. Yeah, well. I mean, I mean, we all said that Ryan Dinwiddie was should have been fired two years ago, and he should have been fired. And then all of a sudden, we're going, well, they they're going to fire Dinwiddie or what? And then they started to win. Then he won a game, and he won another game, and he won another game. And I go, you can't fire a coach that's winning, and he kept winning, nope. and they ended up winning the Grey Cup that year. Yeah. And yet, in the, in the beginning of the year, everybody on this podcast said that he should have been fired. At five, six weeks into the season. So are we now of the opinion that he's a good coach, or are we still saying he's not a good coach, he just had a good team? At the very least, I'm at the point of saying, you know what, he's a better coach than I thought he was. I'm prepared to say that. You know what? I consider... At that level, I consider a great coach, and and I don't think there's been one forever. I consider a great coach a guy who can finish the season in first place with six meaningless games before the end of the season and still keep his team motivated. Not many people can do that. I don't know of any examples of people who have done that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what happened William. to Ryan. That's what happened to Ryan Dinwiddie this year. I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. So let's solve the problem in a different way. Not can you keep your team motivated? How can you make those last six games meaningful? Hmm. By not winning the games before that, I guess. N- no, no, no. By having one division. Well, that's true, too. Okay. That means that the last game of the season would have been meaningful to Toronto 
because Winnipeg was right on their tail. Right, but once he was right again, behind them. Once again, that's like that's like I, I hate to say this, and I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but that's not going to happen in our lifetime. I, I'm not I saying think. it will. Will I'm just telling I you know. how to solve that problem? But, but no, no, that is the pers- perfect solution. You see, my biggest issue is. If we see the, and this is with everything in general in the CFL, everything we talk about, if we can see this as the people we are, how come the people in the organizations can't see these things? I, I, I believe they can. So why don't they change them? Because they don't want to. Why not? I don't know. Why does Justin Trudeau do the things that he does as prime minister? He's got to have enough intelligent people around him to say, don't do that. It's because somebody, it's because somebody hasn't shot him yet. Okay, that's the only well, reason. As his father said, he's not worth the price of a bullet. Um, I, I honestly believe that this is the way that some people want it to be. And I think that they, the, the league wants it this way because they are afraid that they are going to lose revenue by Eastern teams not being rep, fairly represented. Yeah, but think so, about Yeah, that. I think there's something to that. But – Let's face okay, it. So how many people? How many people do you get going to Hamilton or going to Eastern Canadian team? Like how many? How many fans do they have on a regular basis? It's way the less. Attendance than is the low, straight across the board. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's not the. It's not the. I'll tell you, there's probably more people watching the Toronto Argonauts on a on TSN than there is almost yes. in the rest of the Canada combined. Probably because there's more people there. Uh, the viewer, the, the, right. exactly. The viewership in Toronto runs this league. Yeah, and despite the fact that they okay. don't get good, great uh, attendance at their um, at their games, their games, the Argos TV numbers are always strong. So it, you, you asked me the question, if these people, if we, if we can see these, the solutions to these problems or, or ch- the changes that need to be done, why, why don't the league do it? I think the league won't do it because TSN won't allow them to. Okay. Okay. I honestly believe that TSN has a lot of power in what can and cannot be done in this league. So, you know, if, 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 if we went to one division and we had the top three teams were um, Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, Saskatchewan, the top four teams, then, uh, 
the the numbers, the the viewership numbers from back east aren't going to exist. You're right. If you if you have a great cup between Edmonton and Calgary, uh, no one in the east is watching. Nobody in the east is watching. I mean, that's the argument. That's that's the, the the pros and the cons. We get better football. We get the right teams in the games. Mm-hmm. So the it's really a catch-22. 100% it is. Right? I know that it's the best thing for the league, for the fairness of the league to do that. But is it the best thing financially for the league to do that? Well, let's face it. It's that money talks. Nobody cares about fairness. It's all about money. Yep. Yep. It all and is. there's not a lot of money in the CFL, but the, the money that's there is important. And and, and that's, that's why they'll never go to one division. But going to one division would solve the problem. Toronto Argonauts would not have had seven meaningless six meaningless games at the end of the season they they would have had to have been going balls to the wall to the very end do you think they would have sat chad kelly in winnipeg not at that point no not at all no no way they 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 wouldn't have had it wrapped up at that point no they wouldn't have had it wrapped up they would shit they winnipeg was one game back from them at that point in time one game, they they would have flopped positions from one and two in the in the league because Winnipeg would have won. They did. Would they have beat him with Chad Kelly? I think so. Most Argo fans don't think so because they, Toronto was the, was the bitch last year. You know they were just awesome, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think so. I think Winnipeg would have walked all over them. Now, the good thing about this was that the end of the Grey Cup or in the League of Nations or whatever the hell it's called, his his address to the nation is that they're going to go back to a a balanced schedule, which has been released. Hallelujah. I I don't mind the schedule. I I, I think it's a – I don't have a problem with it. I don't see a real big bad sign out of it. I still don't like Thursday night games. Why do we have Thursday night games? Because TSN wants them. TSN needs content. That's why. They, it's it's not because it's better for attendance. Because it's not. It's not better for attendance at any stadium. No team draws well on Thursdays. And, and yet, they they will say they do, but that's because those people were going to the games anyhow. Right? I mean, that was a our argument that I had with Jared was that he said that the, you know, Sunday games or Thursday night games were were all all well attended. And I go, that's because they were going to be attended whether it was Thursday, Friday, or whatever. It just means that I think Friday and Saturday night games would have drawn better. And then the argument comes out about, oh, no, they're all out the lake and they're cabin country and this, that, and everything else in the summertime, and it's not till after Labor Day. And then when Labor Day, they stop the Thursday night games and Sunday games. Yeah, there's a lot of arguments involved in that. 
Okay. Let's go down this list a little bit. Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach Mike O'Shea rips the CFL's operational cap. And he does it for the wrong reasons. I don't, di- I don't disagree with him, but he, he, he does it to, for the wrong reasons. He's saying that the cap doesn't allow him to pay his people properly. Okay? I, he's not wrong, but that's exactly why the cap is there, is so that one team doesn't overpay the coaches so that the other teams can't develop or, or, or improve. What I think they need to do, well, what they definitely need to do is, and, and Edmonton now is no longer paying their previous head coach. Who was who? It was Jason Moss, wasn't it? Jason Moss. Yep. They were still paying Jason Moss this last year. Yep. He's collected two paychecks. He's collected no, two weren't. paychecks. No, they weren't. They weren't paying him last well, year. Well, who would... Well, what were they paying? Who were they paying then? I don't know. They weren't paying him last Rick year. Rick he- came out and he said, "We are finally at a position where we are no longer paying." Yeah, but two people but for the same job. Year, hold on, but last year, Jason Moss was the offensive coordinator in Saskatchewan. Remember? That was the year. That was two years ago. Well, that was last. I'm not talking about this season. We just went through the season before that. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they, okay, so and they wouldn't have been, was paying him then. Well, they wouldn't have been paying him if he had another job. No, they would be paying he him can't. because he, he was he was making less than his contract in Edmonton. I've never heard that before. Yeah, because he's taken a, an offensive coordinator's position at a lesser rate than the head coaching position at Edmonton. Okay? So they would have had to top up his salary to what he was, would have been making in Edmonton. Then he got the head coaching position in Montreal at a lesser rate than they were paying him in Edmonton, so they had to top up his salary in Montreal. It's the first time I've ever heard of this. Oh, I, that's I, exactly I, what I, happens. Okay. I'm going to have to you dig into job, that one. Okay, if, 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 you're, if you're making $500,000 coaching Edmonton Eskimos, Edmonton Elk. Yeah. And you're fired. Yeah. And you're fired. Yes. Yes. And you have a contract. You have a legally binding contract. And they have Correct. to pay you five hundred thousand dollars the next year if you sat on the couch. Okay. Correct. But you got went and got a job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and they're paying you two hundred thousand dollars a year to be the offensive coordinator. That doesn't make the five hundred thousand dollar a year contract null and void. Okay. What it does is removes two hundred thousand dollars from the amount you would have had to pay him. So he gets two hundred grand from Ed, uh, from Saskatchewan, and Edmonton has to buck up the other three hundred thousand dollars. Now you know these are hypothetical numbers, and I'm just pulling them out of my ass right now for this discussion. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the numbers are. But they had to they had to pay him the difference of what he, the contract was in Edmonton. 
And the same thing when he went to head coach. So now he's in Montreal, he's getting paid $400,000 a year, but Edmonton fired him at a $500,000. So they now had to pay him $100,000. And it's not the money that's important. It's the money that now you're not allowed to spend on somebody else because of the management gap. Okay, so everybody else has $2.5 million to spend, and you're pay, you only got $2.4 million to spend because you're, you're paying Jason Moss $100,000 for him to coach the Montreal Alouette. Do you understand the theory to me? here? I you can't just um, – you, 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 you fired a guy – you're, you're contractually obligated to pay him $500,000 a year. Now, somewhere in that clause, there's a clause that says that if he gets a job somewhere else, it, it can't be for less money. I wouldn't sign a contract that didn't have that in it. Because if that's the case, what's your incentive to go work anywhere else? Because you're going to have to take a pay cut to do it. You can sit home and yeah, collect your full salary from your coaching thing. Yeah. And why would you go take an offensive coordinator's position for substantially less money? He's probably the highest paid offensive coordinator in Saskatchewan's history. <laughs> I think that's a safe assumption. Are you good with that, William? I, I'm good with it. I don't believe it. I will. Uh, I, I, I still. I have to do some research. Sorry. Yeah. No. Hey, go ahead. And and when you find out, come back and talk to me. I will. I, I'll ha- I'll be ha- happy to eat crow, but my understanding of contract law. Uh, that's that's the only way that Jason Moss would allow Edmonton to get out of their contract of paying him $500,000 a year is, is to top up his other salary. Otherwise, why, he would sit at home and make five hundred grand. I sure the fuck wouldn't work. You're going to pay me? I, okay, here's your choice. You get to sit at home and collect half a million dollars, or you go work your ass off as an offensive coordinator in Saskatchewan for $200,000. What are you going to do? Yeah, but I think sometimes it doesn't matter to these guys, to be honest with you. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying that $300,000 is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, these are numbers the way, that I'm making the up. I, the way I look so. at it, the way I look at it is, if I'm on a team and they fire me mid mid contract, okay? Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pissed off, okay? Number one. Yeah. And I'm gonna say, fuck you. I'm not giving you a break on any of this stuff. So I'm gonna sit on the couch till my contract is over. And that's what Mike Benavides did to BC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? 
he, he went and worked for TSN, which is not a coaching job. That's exactly what he did. And BC Lions had to pay him. Fortunately, the contract was only one more year, but they had just renewed Jason Moss' contract for another two years. And then yeah, they fired yeah. him, like six weeks later or something stupid. So, yeah, Edmonton made a public announcement that they are finally no longer paying for people's salaries that they had fired. Uh So now Chris Jones has a full complement of $2.5 million to pay for his coaching staff. So anyhow, okay. let's move okay. along. We got 40 Anyways, minutes. Let's yep. move on. 40 minutes left in the show. We're having fun here. Uh, so anyhow, the operations cap. My opinion on the operations cap is that you shouldn't have that any money that you have to pay somebody after you fired them shouldn't apply. Only people that are physically standing in your building you should pay for. That should count for the cap. If you're contractually obligated to pay Jason Moss $300,000 because he's a coordinator in Saskatchewan, then you're contractually obligated to do that. But that doesn't mean that it should be on your salary cap. In fact, maybe the entire amount should go on to Saskatchewan's salary cap. That's bullshit. But anyhow, um, because he'd never get a job, he'd never get hired. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you fire somebody, and that's the problem, is that you can't fire somebody to get better. And, I mean, Craig Dickinson and Jason Moss last year were going to get fired, should have got fired. Jeremy O'Day should have been fired. Craig Reynolds should have been fired. But they couldn't do that because they were contractually obligated to pay them. That money would go against the management cap, and they wouldn't have enough money to replace them. So Craig Reynolds, or um, I guess I should have called him. I do it. An extra I year. do it for a hundred grand a year. You, you couldn't have been any worse. Absolutely not, and that'd be cheaper. Yeah. Okay. I just find that this stupid so, management cap basically prevents teams from improving themselves. It's dumb. I mean, if the guy's not on your, if the guy's not on your staff anymore, it's not like you're benefiting by having to pay him or not having to pay him. You know, so why would you have to? It's ridiculous. And once again, this whole thing was created because the players were complaining. The players were they complained not? about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, to me, that says right away that they're letting the inmates run the asylum because in most corporations, management makes more money than the employees every single time. They should. Right. And so this whole thing is, this whole thing is bullshit and it always has been. 
The management cap is 50% of the players. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so. really wrong. Yeah. If anything, they should be equal, right? If not leaning towards management. This, and you got to think of it this way. Players are off from November until basically training camp in May. You cannot say the same thing for management. They're pretty much a year. They're a year-round job. I mean, coaching the team, putting the team that's part of the town. They're working all year. Once again, well, especially kid Corey Mays has to move there. Once again, oh all the management guys are the ones who take the most risk. To be honest with you, okay? Right. Because players are not responsible for anything. They can play like shit. And they yeah. still keep their jobs. Okay. Management is well, always get... the first to go. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't. I don't know about that. Two, two things are wrong with what you just said. The players put their physical health at risk. Uh huh. Okay. Coaches do not. They, it depends they may put on their what mental health do. at risk. It, it, well, well, mental and physical health go one and one. Or go together. They, they, Sorry. They, they do. They, they do. I understand okay. that. But you understand what I'm saying is there's, there's not a lot of yes. coaches that are dying in their 40s and 50s from, from Alzheimer's and from dementia and from a whole pile of different things because they didn't get their head but that, bashed but around. That, but, that's your, but that's your choice. That's your choice. I, I understand that. 100% I do. Okay. And, okay. and how many steroids you've juiced with, and 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 things have changed. The people who are now forty and fifty years old—that's not happening anymore. The younger kids aren't juicing the way that they were doing. So, um, but that being said, it it, it you you want to pay the captain the most amount of money, and the captain's your head coach. But, I mean, Wally Guano was times, making 800 grand a year. Yeah, but a lot of times you mm-hmm. can take this one step further and say in many situations in the CFL, the coaching staff has made the sacrifices the players have made because they used to be players. Yeah. A lot that's of them have. That's a good point. Yep. I mean, you know, I mean... I've 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 worked I've worked really hard to get where I'm at, and I'm I started on the bottom, and I did things that yeah. okay. So it's the same thing. It's just well, I'll ask you a question: How many head coaches yes. in the CFL right now were not players? We're not players. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. There's the little. There's the guy in uh, BC. He was never a player, was he? Rick Campbell was never yes, a player, was. to my knowledge. Was he? Yeah, Rick. Rick Campbell was a player. Hundred really? Okay. Yeah. For how long? Ten minutes. I actually think he played in Calgary. No, he didn't. He coached in Calgary. He never played. I tend to wonder. I, I don't think he ever played the CFL. I think his door into the CFL was daddy. To be um, honest with you. Give me, give me a second here. I'm looking. Okay. 
My computer. Uh, well, I, you so know what? I don't. On. Uh, I will write it. Ryan, Ryan Dinwiddie. Ryan Dinwiddie played. Okay, yeah. he may have only played one game in the Grey Cup, but he still played. Um, Dave Dickinson, of course. Yeah. Uh, Jason Moss, of course. Michael Shea played. Uh, Orlando. Scott Milanovic. Steinhauer. Scott Milanovic, he played. He was in Calgary, actually. Yep. He was. Um, he was a quarterback. Yeah, and uh, Michael Shea, like you said. And uh, and Corey Mays. Corey Mays played, played well. in Calgary. He played in Calgary. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's Chris Jones. All, Jones. all of them did. Chris Jones. Was the guy in, Chris, Chris Jones, Jones did not. Didn't. And the guy in Ottawa did not either. Oh. I don't know where he came Dice. from. Bob Dice? Yes. Bob Dice. Bob Dice. Uh, Bob Dice, I do not have um, Rick Campbell playing anywhere. No. He was born in Spokane. Hugh Campbell's kid. I would assume um, he played. He, he, I would assume he played high school football in Edmonton. <laughs> um. Campbell was a high school football star. Uh, following high school, Campbell attended Washington State University, majoring in education before serving as secondary special teams coach for the University of Oregon Ducks. There you go. So, yeah, no, he never he never played past high school by the looks of it. Right. I thought he had. I'm sorry. It's okay. But Bob Dice, I believe, played in the CFL. Did he? He might have. He might have. Maybe Saskatchewan, I think. For some reason, that rings a bell. Oh. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. So am I. Uh, mm. Nope, he's only got a coaching history. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, he only has a coaching history. Wikipedia page is very limited on him. He attended the University of Manitoba as a wide receiver with the Manitoba Bisons. Really? Wow. Okay. So, yeah, three out of nine did not play in the CFL, did not play professional football. Yeah. I don't even know where this came from. Uh, let's go back over here. There are 28 minutes to go. Okay, let's um, figure out what we're doing here. Um, the Edmonton Elks have signed McLeod Bethel Thompson. Um, I, we just get to say the law office again. That's a, I honestly, you know, every, everything had, had said that this guy was never coming back to the CFL because of his wife and because of this. But we were fed a line of bullshit on a lot of things about his, how much money his wife yeah. was making. And it turns out she wasn't making anything near what was reported in everything else. So um, 
he he talked to his family and he said he wants to come back to the CFL and here he is playing with Edmonton. Do we think this is a good move? Do we believe that Trey Smith earned the Ford, right to Ford. be a starter in Trey the Elks? Trey, Trey Ford, sorry. Um, I you know I like Trey Ford. I like what he did. He fin- Edmonton finally won games, but even that as a starter he was like five hundred on a terrible team or a, on an iffy team. Um, oh, yeah. And he only beat Ottawa and stuff. So, you know, he didn't beat any good teams. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to hand the reins of a franchise that is on the decline financially and trying on the upswing on the field to a raw rookie like that. I... Yes, he's better than Taylor Cornelius. Yes, he's better than the other putts that they had in there. I don't remember his name. But um, is he enough to build a franchise around? No. I think bringing in McLeod Bethel-Thompson, although I don't like the man, I don't like him as a quarterback, is definitely the step in the right direction for the Elks. And, and to say that Trey Smith deserved the starting job, he did not. Nobody deserves anything in this world. You have to earn it, and I don't think he earned it. How do you, okay. how do you earn, earn that by beating Ottawa? Okay, so so what am I – and I didn't say anything earlier because it's pointless to argue with you about this anyways. Um, when, when, when you turn around and say Chris Jones is the best coach in the CFL, he's also the general manager, is he not? Yeah, he is. Okay. So he brought the cloud Bethel Palmas in, okay? So number one, the first thing that shows you is he knows nothing about offensive football, okay? Because I wouldn't sign that guy. And just imagine last year in Edmonton if you had a cloud Bethel Palmas, okay? He's like a fucking pylon. He doesn't move, okay? He would have got killed, Trey Ford offered a little bit of mobility, and I'm a lot of mobility. I still believe Trey Ford is going to be the next great Canadian quarterback in the CFL. Whether it's in Edmonton or not, we'll see. So, I I consider McLeod Bethel Thomas. I consider he's a. I think he'd be a good backup quarterback. But they're paying him five hundred thousand dollars. I didn't. I didn't see the. I didn't see the contracts. What are they paying him? Half a million dollars for one year. Yes, yeah, so a one-year contract. Get the fuck out of here! Chris Jones has lost his fucking marbles. Well, look what he paid Lawler and and, and paid what's his name Gino Lewis before that. Right, right. So, <laughs> oh well. I, I said he's a great coach. I never said he was a great general manager. <laughs> I, I want to make sure okay. that I can put that caveat in there, okay? <laughs> like, I think the guy's fucking nuts, okay? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so it, it doesn't say in this article how much they're paying him, but I, I think it's north of $350,000, and then with playing incentives and stuff, it's five hundred grand. Yeah, and if I was trade for it, I'd demand to be traded, to be honest with you. Well, his contract's up. He's a free agent. Is he? I think so. No, I don't think so. Let's, I think he's signed a three. I don't think that's right. Rookie contract is. I may be wrong, but yeah, he wasn't a rookie last year. No, but two years ago he was. Two years ago he was. So this is his third year. Yeah, this is his third year. So. I'm just flipping through the free Honest, agents right now. To honestly, see. I, I'm looking at this move, and I honestly don't know if they've improved themselves. I mean, McLeod, Bethel, Thomas, Thompson. Uh, yeah, Thompson. I mean, the, the, Thompson. Uh, he gets a lot of yardage and stuff like that, but you know what? He's going to be there, what, a year, two? He's not the future. And then yeah, they yeah, start well, all over again. He's there for one year, and then what? He leaves? And then they start all over again with a new quarterback. Why not just keep going with Trey Ford and let him um, grow in the in the position? I mean, yeah, he was well, he's not there yet, but he showed signs of being able to be a number one guy. Was he a did he have the consistency yet? No, but he's a guy that can be around for a while. He's a guy that can grow into the position. He's a guy that's already dealt with those receivers. He's a guy that has played with their offensive line. He's a guy that's been uh, coached under um, um, the same offensive coordinator. So you're bringing in a new guy, putting him in backup. I don't know. I don't see – I'm not sure this is a big – if it's an upgrade, I think it's minor. It's not something that puts them over the top. I don't think anyway. They're not trying to go over the top. I don't think they're – that's that's their intent. I think they're – their intent is to get a winning season. Um, I'm going to ask you a question here. Everything that you said about Trey Smith is, is correct, but you could say exactly the same thing again about Jake Mayer. True. Okay. And well, that's, I we can have a discussion whether Mayer. or not we think Jake Mayer should be the, the starting quarterback in Calgary, because I know Will will say no. To me, Jake Mayer is closer to McLeod Bethel-Thompson than he is to Trey Ford. Trey Ford has a guy that, if he needs to, he can use his legs. I don't see that out of Jake Mayer. I don't see that out of McLeod Bethel-Thompson. No. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. No. But uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see that. I see this as, at the very best, a lateral move. I don't think this one really makes them all that much better. And I could be wrong, but that's just how I see it. I, I think their goal is to get more than four wins. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I, I, I don't doubt that McLeod Bethel Thompson gives them that opportunity. I mean... Who does Calgary have for a quarterback? Who does Saskatchewan have for a quarterback? Who, who does Hamilton have for a quarterback? Who does Ottawa have for a quarterback? Who does Montreal have as a quarterback? 
McLeod Bethel Thompson's better than all of them. Is he not? Nothing times nothing, time nothing is still nothing. Uh-huh. I, I never said it. it, it when, when you have a bucket full of shit, something's got to float to the top. And he's on the top. He's at the top of the bucket. Am I wrong? I guess. But is that like saying an earache is better than a headache? I, I don't know. Maybe. The answer to, hold on, the, hold on. The answer to the that. Thing, the other thing is McLeod Bethel Thomas was never the greatest athlete, and he hasn't been doing anything for a year. Okay? Well, that's not true. He played in the USFL last year, wasn't it, or the XFL? Yeah, he did. Didn't but, he? Uh, didn't he was in the he? USFL, but yeah. they, but they've been done. They've been done since like May. They haven't played. And I, I, and he didn't play very much. No, that's not true. He was a star, he was a starter down there. He actually he actually led the USFL in passing yardage. What was what was his record? Uh, uh, look it up. It's not his record. It's the team's. Uh, USFL. He was with, I believe, New Orleans. Uh, uh, they finished seven and three. Okay. Okay, so he did well against high school players then. <laughs> I I I didn't like him when he was the quarterback in Toronto. There's absolutely nothing that would have changed my mind to, that, for me to think that he's better. Okay, I, I don't think he's there. I. Did he win the Did he win the Grey Cup? No. Or are you going to say that that was Chad Kelly? Well, that's what they all said last year. He contributed. I, he played the majority of that Grey Cup game. And he also played the season games too, and that's the reason. They exactly. We noticed that's how, how you got into the Grey Cup. Kelly, we noticed how Chad, well Chad Kelly did in his playoff game last year, right? Yeah. He's trying to forget that too. <laughs> and and here you go. I'm about to say this, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm going to. Right now, the quarterback situation in Calgary, I would probably take McLeod Battle Thomas. Exactly. Over Jake Mayer. Uh, okay, I think that's fair. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you the question: Would you take Trey Smith over him, Trey Ford, over, over Jake Mayer? Over Jake yeah. Mayer? In yes. a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Hundred percent. Well, maybe you can trade for him. Maybe. Yeah, Calgary doesn't you like any quarterbacks either. BC is looking for a backup. Dane Evans retired. 
Yeah, that's when I forgot to put on the agenda. But, yeah, that's true. Uh, Dane Evans retired. Well, we've talked about it now. Yeah, it wasn't much to put on the agenda. We can just talk about things like that and carry on. Yeah. Um, I, there well, was an article. Kind of sad because I thought he was a great backup. He was a great backup. 100%. Yep. Is what's his name I mean, still he, under contract? Is, is what's his name still under contract to BC, the Canadian guy? Michael? No. Is it Michael? Michael. No? Michael. Oh, um, uh, O'Connor? O'Sullivan? Yeah. O'Connor. O'Connor. No, no O'Connor. Like no, he's gone. No, he wasn't. Uh, he he wasn't re-signed after last season. Or not this season. We had Dom season, Davis, was it? Before. Yeah, Dom, Dom Davis, Davis was, was the, the. I don't know. I don't know if he's still under contract. I think he might have signed a two-year deal. He might also still be under contract behind uh, uh, behind uh, Vernon Adams. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, players. Take a show of stats. Where is the... Um, Free agency players. Free agency. Uh, there's players. a list. Uh, there's a list on the agenda there. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of a. BC Dane Evans has retired. Uh, who were we talking about? Dominic Davis. Uh, is, yes. Is a free agent. Oh, he is. Okay, I wasn't sure. I don't yeah, know, but he wouldn't, be, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be on the top 30 free agents in the CFL, trust me. No, not a chance. No, he's not. No, 100%. He's not even no. a worthy backup. Right. Okay, well, and uh, guy. he's a great short yardage guy. That's exactly what he's good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Smith is not a free agent. Trey, Trey Ford. Trey Ford. Oh, Trey Ford. You keep Trey calling Ford. him Trey Smith. Why do I keep... I know, I know, I know. It wasn't that that guy that got arrested in Saskatchewan? Yeah, no, not Saskatchewan, no. Montreal, wasn't it? Or maybe, no, maybe it was Saskatchewan, actually. Yeah, it, right. it was the bar fight, the bar fight. Right. Right. Anyhow, um, yeah, Trey Ford is not a free agent either. No, he's still on his rookie contract. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, move along. What are we doing? So, did, I I honestly don't have a problem with McLeod Bethel Thompson and the Elks. I think that it was a good move. Um, was there anybody else that uh, is available out there that is uh, better? I don't Probably think there not. is. No. Nope. Right? I mean, we're we're going to go right right now. We're going to go into Jeremiah Mazzoli in Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, he hasn't played what three games in two years? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's got a six-figure roster bonus <laughs> coming up th- this week. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, they either if they don't cut him, they are incredibly they stupid. Release him. If they don't yeah. do that, 
every management person in fucking Ottawa should be fired. <laughs> yes. 100%. But the, the reality of it is, um, who else do they have? Um, they got what's the thing, don't they? Anybody with two legs would be better. Arbuckle, Arbuckle, Arbuckle. Nick Arbuckle. They got yeah. uh, also that Dustin, uh, what's his face? Crumb. The guy that, uh, Dustin Crumb. Dustin yeah, Crumb, Dustin yeah. Crumb. I'll take him over yeah, a one-legged they have also got, uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Uh, Ty, Tyrell Pigrome. Right. That's the other guy, yeah. He's a runner. Yeah. Um, they Nick Arbuckle's a, a free agent. I was going to say. They should keep they him just for his McLeod. name. They could use McLeod Bethel Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jerry Brown, Matthew Schlitz, Jake Dogala, and Mason Fine are all free agents this year. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. So, yeah. There's not a lot of quarterbacks out there that are going to be free agents. I mean, Powell is still under contract with Hamilton, and they've just signed Bo Levi Mitchell, which we can talk about right now. Um, they just signed Bo Levi Mitchell for half, 50% of his contract. So he's making about a quarter million dollars this year to be the Thai Cats. Um, as it says, it's his job to lose. So, Levi Mitchell is the number one quarterback with Hamilton right now. He signed a one point six two million. Bethel Thomas would be good for Hamilton too. <laughs> well, no, he's under contract with Edmonton now, so he he can't. Um, so they had Mitchell under contract, and they had. Powell under contract. I mean, they they were set at, at quarterback. They just would have released Mitchell unless he cut, mm-hmm. renegotiated his contract. If they released Mitchell, who else in this league would have signed him? I'm not sure anyone would have, to be honest. Saskatchewan? TSN. Yeah, TSN would have signed him as an analyst. Okay. So he had to renegotiate with Hamilton because they were stupid enough to offer it. Yeah. My question is, and I said he was going to make it to Labor Day. He didn't even come close to Labor Day, which is week eight. He, he ma- didn't even get out of like week one. Three? Week three, I think. Week three he went down. Yeah. And he it played, didn't matter. He because, played three games, because, yep. three touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Uh, and it didn't make a difference because even if he and, was healthy, and you he wanna, couldn't throw the ball. And you want to sign this guy? That's what I'm talking about. Even at that like you at 250 grand, they're paying him too much. Yes, they should be paying him fifty grand. I don't know why. I'm surprised they're even bringing him back. I, I don't see what the, uh, what the reason to bring him back. 
Uh, Maybe his shoulder be, got better be, over the off season. Yeah, yeah is he just going to tear it up now? Yeah, it sure will. Crazy. Okay, so Ottawa has Jeremiah Mazzoli. Hamilton has Bo Levi Mitchell. Saskatchewan <laughs> has Trevor Harris. <laughs> Jake Mayer's looking pretty good right now, Will. <laughs> Sorry. He's still a horrible quarterback. But, I mean, he's he's better than a lot of people, I guess. He is. I'm leaving that. Everybody wants the bow of old, and what they got is old bow. It's not going to happen. Well, they got old broken bow. A whole broken boat. Okay, so let's see where else we are on this agenda. We only got seven minutes left. It's kind of fun. Um, out with the old one veteran that we're, we'll go over free agency next week. Okay, I, we I kind of completely went That's over fine. everything, ignored that, and because uh, we we got lots of time to talk about it. So let's talk about one free agent that everybody should get rid of. And uh, this was an article by J.C. Abbott at Three Down Nation. It's out with the old one veteran free agent every CFL team should deem expendable in 2024. Montreal Alouettes, William Standback. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, O-lineman Jeff Gray. I don't know who that is. My article just went away. Um, Toronto is Sean Oakman, defensive tackle. Receiver in BC Lions, Lucky Whitehead. I, I wouldn't get rid of him. Toronto, um, defensive tackle, he's getting a little Dylan Wynn. Uh, Calgary should get rid of Kadeem Carey. I agree. Yeah, he's past the special four days. Saskatchewan should get rid of Derek Moncrief. Well, they did. They released him. Uh, Ottawa needs to get rid of Lorenzo Maldin. Maldin. Edmonton should get rid of Ed Ganey. Actually, they got rid of well, Aaron Grimes. Isn't Ed Ganey 50 years old? He's really uh, old. Isn't how he? old is he now? <laughs> I, I thought it, he was rather he, old. Ed Ganey is 34. Oh, really? Okay. Huh. He's been it's around for old. a long time. He's been around for a long time. Yes. It, it very long time. I'd say he's been around about a dozen years. At least. Well, that would make him 22 when he came into the CFL, and that's pretty young for coming out of college. Yeah, but maybe he only went to college for two years. (laughs) Who knows? So anyhow, that's that list, and uh, it's interesting, but I I don't know. I don't think I would get rid of Lucky Whitehead. 
I would. I would. I, I, I don't think I would enough. pay. I don't pay I, him as I much money, but I think they have enough talent at receiver that they could get rid of him and not miss thing. him at all. They have a lot and of good money receivers, they, but you know what? Yep. He is still a big play guy. He still has the speed going True. down the outside. Something that we lost when uh, what's his name left. Um, Manny Arsenal. Burnham. Or Brian Burnham. Burnham. Sorry, yeah. Brian Burnham. When Brian Burnham went away, we, we lost that speed down the outside. Mm-hmm. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't toss him aside, especially with Keon Hatcher lost that Achilles last year in the Western Final. You know, you might not have yeah. Keon Hatcher for the, yeah. the first part of this season. The, that's actually a good point. You know, the depth depth isn't there as much there as what we would want it to be. And especially if you go over and look at uh, the free agency, uh, Javon Katoy, uh is a free agent. Keon Hatcher is a free agent. Uh, Alexander Hollins is a free agent. Uh, Lucky Whitehead is a free agent. So, you know, you, and, and so is Terry Williams. No, Terry Williams extended. Yeah, he did. Yeah, just uh, last week. Yeah. So, so wonder, you know, is, it's a... Is, is BC going to be able to sign all those guys? Well, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, yeah. Javon Katoy, is he, he can't be demanding big bucks. He didn't, he's not even a, a, a youth sports uh, celebrity, right? He came out of the Langley Rams. You don't see a yeah, whole lot best, going in there. He, he had the best Hatcher, season of the last year. Of course he did. 100% he did. Um, Keon Hatcher is, is right now on the DL with the, a, a blown Achilles. Uh, Alexander Hollins, good season. He had a good season. Can you sign him? Yes. Uh, also, a wide receiver is, is Daniel Peterman. Head case. I mean, uh, he, he was fourth. Wasn't he yeah. fourth last year? Hollins. He was fourth overall, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah. And then Lucky Whitehead. I mean, you have to be very careful about what you do right now. Yeah. And I mean, is Chris Jones going to come along and say, you get $250,000, you get $250,000, you get $250,000. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Exactly. Okay. 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 Guys, we're, we're like really late on the show's gone away. So this has been let's talk CFL podcast episode number 558. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Um, We got 30 seconds left in the show. So Charles, say good night. Uh, good night, folks. Uh, welcome back, and uh, yeah, we're gonna free agency just around the corner. Well, we're we're gonna be back at it talking next week. William, say good night. Good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. There's some good playoff games in that other league. Go Stamps. Do you think there is? Yes, there could is. be.